Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. If you got your Bibles, today is the day I get to preach this message. I've been waiting to preach this one for a while, and he said today is the day. So let's go to Colossians chapter 1, the book of Colossians chapter 1. It's one of Paul's letters. Was it Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians? Is that right? Thank you, sir. Now, the minor prophets, I might have to sing the song. But see, I never learned the song, so I can't sing it. So I just have to find them. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. Talking about Christ. He is the head of the body, the church, us. Us sitting right here. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have The preeminence, meaning he is everything. All this that we do is for him. Amen? Listen to this, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be the things of the earth or the things in heaven. All right, today I'm going to preach the message, the bloody cross. Amen, the bloody cross. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you and we just glorify you. God, we thank you for your presence. Father, we thank you for the gifts that speak and declare over the body of Christ, Father God. Christ who is the head and we who are the body being the church. Father, we honor you. I ask for an unction and an utterance of your spirit to boldly declare this word that, Father God, it begins to shift the ground in which we stand and it shakes us and that whatever is left is of your kingdom and of your glory, for we shall give it all to you in Jesus' name. And the church shouted amen. So we are, Christ is the head of who we are. We are the body of Christ. We are the church And God has made Christ in all things to have, it says, preeminence, which means he is the the sum of all things. So everything that we are comes back to who he is. I think that's the greatest breakup of, of the mindset of the body of Christ is we don't understand our place. We understand, we don't understand who we are because we can't relate to who he is. If he is the head and we are the body, that means we are connected together. That means there is no place to say, where does he begin and where do I begin? It says we all flow in together and everything is for him. So everything in your life should resemble him, should speak of him. When you're at work, you don't don't have a work life and a church life. It should all be together, right? Right? Just like when people say, well, well, Christians shouldn't be involved in government because it's the, the, the separation of church and state. It, we've come to a society that nobody even knows what that means anymore. 
Separation of church and state has nothing to do with preachers getting into state representative positions or senator positions. It has nothing to do with that. It's saying that the state can't tell you what to believe. That's the purpose of separation of church and state. The, the, the founding fathers, they, they came from a, from a nation that was stuffing religion in their face. And it says you have to be this or else you're no part of this. There is no church other than us. And they started manipulating the gospel for their own gain. So when they came and formed America, they formed America under the leadership of Jesus Christ and said, listen, though we love Christ and we honor Christ, we can't just slap people in the face and tell them what to believe because Jesus never did that. When Jesus, when Jesus came to a place where he says, uh, eat my body and drink my blood, and if you don't, you'll have no part of me, it says many of his disciples said, man, who, what's he talking about? And it says many of his disciples left him from that day. What was Christ's answer when people started to leave his church? He looked at his ministry team and says, y'all want to leave too? Because he knew who he was. He knew that he was the only begotten of the Father. He knew he had the authority to demonstrate God upon the earth. And he knew that he was able to save people with his blood. That's where we miss it. When he is preeminence, if he is preeminence, we have to realize that inside of us is him. And there is no where does Christ be and where are we, that we're two separate things. We need to realize that Christ wants us to be one with him. Just like he said, I am one with the Father. I, Father, I want them to be one with you. Because when we start thinking on an earthly level, we miss Christ. Because remember when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in, in I think it's John chapter 3, it's, it's, it's in the process of where he says, for God so loved the world. Jesus starts talking to him about being born again. And Nicodemus is like, Pow. he's like, how, how do we go back in? You know, he was looking at it from an earthly pro prospect or perspective. And Jesus literally said, he goes, man, you're, you're supposed to be a teacher. If you don't understand this, what happens when I start talking to you about who, who I am in you? That's what we have to understand. Is we start walking around this earth trying to figure out who we are, figure out who we are. And, and then when we don't know because we don't have identity, we, we, we just go to church because that's what we're supposed to do. But then you never connect in relationship. You don't know who he is. What we need to start doing is find out who God is and then let him declare who we are. Christ has preeminence in all things, and he is in us. God has done this through the supernatural power that Christ came and gave his life for us. For it pleased that in him should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things into himself. When it says peace... Peace is to be a peacemaker. That is to harmonize, to make peace. This is a peace that goes together. When you harmonize, it's different parts. Am I right? So people are singing different parts. And so we harmonize. We come together with other people because the kingdom of God is supposed to be done together. We're doing this together. 
I'm not here to be a pastor and that everybody submits to me. I'm here to gather up an army that is unafraid of the world, that is unafraid of their brokenness, that is unafraid of their hurt because we stepped into one that his cross was so bloody that he rescued your brokenness. So I can't sit back and try to speak my own words and not do and not harmonize with everybody else. We're called to do this thing together. We planted this church to do something together with the people. I just had a pastor reach out to me yesterday. They're having a night of worship. They're at the Refinery Church. We're going to be a part of that. Well, Patrick, that's another church. Exactly. Christ has preeminence. So if they're connected to Christ, we're connected to Christ. We might as well do something together. If, 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 if in, in the next year, Let's say a move of God happens in this city. And let's say in one year, 4,000 people get saved. In the book of Acts, 4,000, one day. So just to say, we're giving it a year. Do you think right now we could handle an influx of 4,000 people? We couldn't do it, right? Because it would hinder us. Because we're not prepared for that. God's preparing us for greater. So we need to combine with other people that believe in the bloody cross of Jesus Christ. We need to harmonize. We need to come together. We need to do our part, but do our part with the preeminence of Christ within us. That if another church comes beside us, we're singing the same song. We're harmonizing to the same part. When's the last time you thought about that bloody cross of Christ? Because we worry about our sins, we worry about everything that we have done, and we pick ourselves apart, and we crucify ourselves, but in the end, we give ourselves preeminence over him, because we think what we went through is not anything compared to what he went through. And I'm guilty of this. There's times where I have said in the prayer closet, God, you, you just don't know what I'm going through. And I want to tell you that when you say that to God, he never rebukes you. But he'll always share what he has been through to rescue you out of what you have been through. Go ahead, buddy. The peacemaker to harmonize. Now it says, having made peace through. Through there, listen to this, is a primary preposition denoting the channel of an act. Meaning we have peace through the channel of the blood of his cross. For so long, society looks back and we watch, we watch these movies and, 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 and Jesus has this little cloak and he's pale faced with blue eyes. Doesn't look anything like what Jesus really looks like. Because I want you to know that Jesus is a Middle Eastern man, so his skin is darker. Uh, okay? That might not correlate with society, but I don't really care what society thinks. And we look at these things and we value Jesus based upon an earthly measure. And we don't realize exactly what he went through. We don't realize that when, when, he, when he hung on that cross, he was absolutely naked. He was, he was hanging there in total shame. People were looking at him. They said they were gazing upon him. They said they were ridiculing him. He's naked on the cross. And I want to tell you, before he went on that cross, his, his back was completely torn to shreds. 
His body was disfigured before he went to the cross. There, there was a time that I was, I was meditating upon the Lord, and he took me, he took me in a vision. And, and I, in, in the vision, I was, I was standing there, and I saw, I saw Jesus kneeling down with his hands tied. And I saw, I saw the, the devil with, with this large, large whip and this cord. And, and, he was, and he was sitting there, and all of a sudden, there was a voice in the back, and it says, it, it started calling out my sins. It says, at, 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 at this age, Patrick began to drink alcohol. And I, and I saw the figure come up to Jesus and go, and I saw his back open up. And then all of a sudden, it says, he, he is bound in pornography. And he came and, and his back started opening up. And I'm seeing this. And it's like I can't say anything to stop the voice from calling out my sin. But somebody else was being punished for my sin. And it came to a point where it was alcohol, sexual immorality, violence, anger. And he was just slashing him and slashing him. And everything within me began to break. And I was like, stop, stop, stop. And at that moment that I said, stop, because it was my sins. It was mine. He was taking that from me. It should have been me. I needed it to be me. But he was taking it from me. That when I said, stop, stop, Jesus stood up and says, no, keep going. Keep going. I will take it all for him. I will give all that I am for him. The cross is bloody. The cross is ruthless. So when you come up a front and you ask Jesus to come in, I want to tell you that it ain't cheap. I want to tell you that this thing was bloody. That scourging, that whipping, his back bloodied. It was gruesome. I couldn't stand it. I could barely even look. And Jesus says, Get, no, take it. Take it all. I will take it all for him. That was before he went to the cross. So when they took him up the hill and he's carrying his cross, his blood is already dripping on that piece of wood that he's carrying up the hill called Calvary for me. They laid him on it before they drove a nail. His back is upon that tree. His back is upon that cross. And his blood is dripping down that cross. It was ruthless. It was wicked. It was something that nobody could ever see. And he did it all because I chose sin. It was absolutely gruesome. It was so awful. Because that's who we were. Right before these verses in Colossians, verse 13 says, Who hath delivered us from the powers of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It was ruthless. It was awful what he went through but I was ruthless I was awful and he had to take it for me because I couldn't survive he willingly took that for you 
so that when we come down to the altar and we say, Jesus, come into my heart, he says, I have the scars to say, come. I have the heart to say, come. Not only did he take it for us, but then he says, now I'm going to go to the Father so you can be sinless and have a father. Because this is about relationship. This is more than just church. This is more than just worship. This is more than just singing. This is about coming into a place where he becomes something in us and we become something in him. But so you know, it was a bloody cross that did this for us. It was so barbaric. It was so ruthless. But he had to do something that he could find us in our sins. Because there's times that I've even said that I loved God, I worshiped God, but I still sinned every single day. And I drove myself into addiction. I remember there was a time that, that I had come home and, and, and I'd been getting high and drinking all day and, and we're about to eat dinner and somebody says, well, Patrick, you're a preacher now, why don't you pray? And so I'm, oh, in Jesus' name, um, uh, you, you know this, this. And I don't know if he remembers this, but my dad said, you know, you need, to, you need to tone yourself down a little bit. He's talking about the drugs and the drinking. He's like, you know, when you were praying, you were, you were stumbling back and forth, and people could probably tell that you were high. Hey, Patrick, won't you pray? Because you're a preacher. And I'm bound in drugs and alcohol. And my dad wasn't calling me out. He was looking out for me because he saw that people could tell that I was two-faced. That I was trying to live two lives. And when I was at that place where the enemy said, man, you, you, you have no hope. You can't crucify Jesus again. You just need to take your own life. It came down that the reason Jesus could come, if there was a discussion in heaven... And the angel Michael says, God, said, Father, is, is, can the enemy take Patrick today? Jesus says, no, because my cross was so bloody that it, I, can, I can take him. I can reconcile him because it was so bloody. It was so vulgar. It was so nasty that it lined up with my life at the time. That he says, because it was bloodied, now I can rescue you. Church, what has he done for you? What did that bloody cross save you from? Where have you been? That the only thing that could save you, the only thing that could rescue you, the only thing that could reconcile you or reestablish relationship with you and God was that bloody cross. What has he done for you, church? We preach this thing like it's so easy and it's so cheap. And we just say, hey, you give me your tithe and you give me your church attendance and you can have whatever of Jesus you want. I tell you, that doesn't happen in this house. I need you to know what he did. I need you to live what he did. I don't want you to just be churchgoers. I need you to come out of yourself and start stepping into him because he is the head and we are the body. It's time we cut out all the fat of the meat and start eating the meat. The city of Mount Sterling, it doesn't need another church. It doesn't need a bunch of half-life Christians. We need the bloody cross to walk downtown Mount Sterling and look at the courthouse and say, the filth in you must come out. Because if you think the drug problem in Mount Sterling is some drug dealer out of Ohio, you're wrong. 
Mount Sterling has an airport. Mount Sterling has an airport. If you don't think drugs are coming in that airport, then we need to open our eyes and really look back at the bloody cross. But we have to be the change. We have to be the ones that will not surrender to the enemy any longer because we ain't here to have church. We're here to demonstrate the lordship of Christ in the middle of the city. We're here to win the city. We're here to change everything. We're here to change the balance. In Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, Hebrews 10, 17, says this, and their sins and inequities I will remember no more. Is that not just good news? Is that not just great news? The hardest part of that vision for me was that my, I saw the direct correlation of my sin and my disobedience and what it did against him. I saw what sin does because he died for the forgiveness of my sins. His wounds is so I can be healed. So I was healed of addiction. I was healed of depression. I was healed of thoughts of suicide. That's why I take that so serious. And when I feel that people are battling suicide, that's why I declare it because I've been there. And I know that it's a lonely place. My parents had no clue what I was battling. They had no clue how dark it was. That year, I had my best friend. His brother had committed suicide the previous fall. And I remember, I saw what he was going through. I saw there, we would go to the, to the grave of his brother, and he would would kneel and he would pound on the grave saying how can you do how could you do this to me how could you do this to me I saw it with my own eyes but I was in such a dark place I was in such sin in such inequity that the enemy convinced me to put my family through that as well and the whole time God is saying I will remember your sins no more I'm not going to hold them against you now where remission of sin now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore the brethren boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. The reason we have the blood of Jesus is because it was a bloody cross. It's because it wasn't pretty. It wasn't for Hollywood. Even the passion of the Christ cannot even depict what Christ went through. It says his face was disfigured. It says they ripped out the hairs of his beard. They spit on him. He's hanging on the cross in shame for my shame. He hung there for my shame. That when I'm, 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 I'm a Christian, I'm not. I'm Christian, I'm not. In all that time, he's hanging there for my shame. Saying, Patrick will battle shame, so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to carry his shame. He did that for you. And now, because of how bloody his cross was, that blood has given us access to boldly go to God, the throne of God. And we wonder why we need, we need to know who he is so he can show us who we are. Christians walk in, in, in a church anointing and not in kingdom destiny. Because we're looking for the church to do everything for us when he says, seek ye first the kingdom 
and his righteousness and everything else will be added on to you. Church, it's time we go back to the, to the good old bloody rugged cross of Jesus Christ. It's time we start preaching that again and demonstrating that in our lives. So when people say, well, you don't understand where I've been, you say, no, 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 no. We have come to the bloody cross of Jesus Christ where all will be saved. Church, what, how bloody is that cross to you? Listen to this in Galatians chapter 6. Verse 14 says this, Galatians 6, 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save or accept in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. It comes back to that cross. Everything, everything, everything is about that cross. Well, Patrick, the confession of salvation is because of the resurrection. Yeah, you're right. But nobody can resurrect unless they have died. The cross had to come. That bloody, ruthless cross had to come because that was the depiction of when Christ came and met us where we were at. Romans 5, 8 says, Therefore God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet in sin, Jesus died for us. I need you to know the power of how ruthless that cross was, of how bloody that cross was. Because then, when you're caught in a place where you're broken, where you're hurting, where you don't understand where you're going to go, you don't understand what can happen, you go back to that and say, now, because of his cross, because of that ruthless, bloody cross, I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to be a son, and I'm going to be a daughter, and not only that, but I'm going to walk like it, I'm going to talk like it, and people will know who I serve. It's time that we come back to the old bloody cross. That old rugged cross of Jesus Christ. Where he shed his blood that we could become new. But once again, therefore having boldness to enter the holy place of God by the blood of Jesus. He had to shed that blood. It had to be ruthless. Because it's only through that were we allowed in. That's how we come into the kingdom. We come in reconciled unto the Father because of the bloody cross. And it's time we start living that bloody cross. And we quit, and we quit just depending on church to walk this thing out. And we start demonstrating what Jesus Christ did for us. Church, when's the last time you thought about that old bloody cross? Do you remember who you used to be before God came in and rescued you? For we have been translated out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now he is the head and we are the body. He has joined us together. He wants to do this together with us. Because we were, though we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. And he had to do it in a way that there was no way that we could ever say that our sin was greater than his sacrifice. And that's why the cross was so bloody. He said, by the blood of his cross. Church, we need to come back to the bloody cross. That's what our society needs. We need to come back to that. 
And we can't wait for society to change. Listen to me. We can't wait for Washington to change. We cannot depend anything from Washington. They have shown, whether it's Democrats, whether it's Republicans, they have showed that we cannot put trust in them. That we have to come back to the kingdom of God. If, if Hillary got in, my life did not change. If Biden gets in, my life does not change. I will still preach the gospel. I will still preach the bloody cross. Regardless of who's in Washington, the church should not change. We have to walk this thing out regardless of Washington, regardless of government, and realize that Christ Jesus, the government, shall be upon his shoulders, and that means you. If he is the head and we are the body, then my God, that means we're the shoulders. So we need to come back and just put the government upon our shoulders and start walking in the bloody cross and then demonstrating the kingdom of God upon the earth. Stand with me today.